Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, welcome back to session five of five when we're talking about management training and how it is no longer optional. This is Wendy Sellers, the HR lady with JC. It is a pleasure to be back, Wendy. How are you doing today? Fantastic. You know why? Because I'm going to be talking about what can employers do to change the employee experience. And I have one piece of advice. Give every employee $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm kidding because we already talked about that money might keep people employed, but that doesn't mean they're going to be engaged and productive and doing the right thing. True. And that doesn't mean your managers are suddenly going to go, oh, yeah, we gave everybody raises. My employees are fantastic now. (laughs) So it's a lot more than just money, but no one's going to turn down more money. Uh, that's for sure. Would you turn down more money? I wouldn't. <laughs> well, actually, it would depend on the job and the culture. I'll be honest. You had mentioned in one of our previous episodes how uh, you've had some friends that have walked away and gone to other positions for a pay decrease, but a change in culture. Uh, depending on the culture, you know, I might yeah, have absolutely. to consider it. But if you're just walking in today and say everybody gets raises, everyone's yeah, no, going to accept it. that. Yeah, no, I'm taking yeah everyone's going to accept that <laughs> while they're looking for another job. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just throwing around, you know, uh, the money, the $100 bills here and there um, is not going to just change your culture or your engagement. And not only that, throwing around $100 bills is still taxable. FYI, another topic. <laughs> you know, you, you talked about while, while searching for another job. I, I don't know if I shared this story with you during our, our podcast today yet or not. No, I know I didn't. So I, I just want to bring this to the table. You might find it interesting. I did go for a job interview, and uh, and the manager told me that they were looking for someone who was responsible. And I let them know right away, look, I'm I'm your man in my last job. Whenever anything went wrong, they said I was responsible. So it was a perfect fit. It didn't work out at the end, but that was a really bad dad joke. Work with me here. <laughs> work with me here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can't Just take me for everybody that knows, uh, we record in the evening after a full day of, of challenges. So <laughs> bear with us. So, you know, to, to wrap up this series... Uh, focusing on a few things here about management training. You talked about some popular topics that are out there, and I I 100% agree on all of them because it's what I I do all the time. Any industry, it's all about communication, and then everything that communication falls into, which is everything. You know, everything is communication, 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 and that's where it goes wrong. We want to make sure that you are training uh, managers in order to have better employees, to retain employees, um, so that managers could then, um, you know, on the fly be training other employees on management duties to see if they're going to be good at it and maybe they'll be the next level. We want to be consistent, though, amongst all your managers. Consistency is so, so important 
Because if you have three departments, let's just say you're a small company, if only have three departments, and you have three managers doing three different processes, or um, you get promoted by doing this, you get demoted by doing this, and then the other department's doing something different, it just takes one person to file a lawsuit or turn you into the EEOC, and we're going to see that your departments are not consistent and when the way they, um, let's just say, hire people and then you may open yourself up to the lawsuit. I hate to be the lawsuit police, but it is very, very true because it's very, very expensive. So, so one thing- that, Wendy, how, how would you find better employees? How would you find better people for those fits? I'm so glad that you asked because the best way to do it is to have a consistent and very, very, very well planned out recruiting plan. So um, when you are doing recruiting, um, do not, and I'm going to say this again, do not post the job ad until you are 100% ready. Everything that I'm about to say is in place. And I see people, companies screw this up all the time. They may whip up a job ad that's not really, doesn't really have the correct job duties or job descriptions. It may not even have the correct salary or no salary at all. Nobody else in the company even knows that there is a job ad, a job posting up. And then the person who is mainly responsible for the interviewing is on vacation next week. It's like, oh my goodness, planning, planning, planning is so important. But you can hire better employees by first of all, training managers on how your hiring process works. Of course, the laws of what you can and cannot ask, um, that's a whole other topic. And then making sure that the job ad and whoever's doing the, the sourcing or going through the candidates knows what the position is. So to give me a minute, I'll go over a quick what, recruiting basics. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm thinking about job ads I've seen. I'm, I'm thinking about conversations I've had with other HR people, and I instantly think of the great divide. And that great divide in the job ads being whether or not the pay is included in the ad. And then instantly, it, it in the snap of a finger, I'm also thinking about the sheer vast amount of time you take to go through hundreds of resumes for a job that you've never told the people how much it's going to pay. Yep. Um, so many states actually require uh, salaries in the job ad. Um, I, you know, I think I have a link of it on my website, thehrlady.com, under my tips and on my blog. Um, but there are many states that do have requirements now or laws that have just passed that they're going to go into place that say, hey, you have to have the job, you have to have the salary in place on the job ad. Um, if you were my client, I won't work with you unless you're transparent about the, the pay because it removes a lot of discrimination. It removes any kind of, you know, oh, well, the recruiter got this person in for a lower amount of pay. Well, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to jip off a candidate or an employee? They're going to be eventually find out because people talk yeah. and they're going to find out what their coworkers are making. And then they're just going to either sue you and or leave. So why would you want to do that? Right. Recruiting is so, so time consuming, which means it's so expensive. It used to be cheap to post an ad. It used to even be free. Not anymore. Not since the pandemic. All right, my it's friend, I, I didn't mean to skip right into the meat of it. It was just one of my first thoughts. But you had that amazing list of things that uh, you, you some of the advice you were going to give us here. Yeah, real quick, just some of the advice that I have for 
um, you know, making sure you get awesome employees, which will be help the manager. So first of all, train your managers how to interview, train your managers how to manage. It's easier than said than done. That could make, take a very long time. And then make sure whoever, whether they're a manager, a receptionist, anybody that's involved in recruiting, um, make sure they're trained on not just your company culture, but the laws as well. Because somebody yeah. may accidentally say something like, you know, oh, are you pregnant? And you may be violating, you know, um, ADA um, or or something like that. And they just right. these things just come out in natural conversations. Most people don't mean anything about it. Um, bad employers, they do mean something. But that's none of our podcast listeners. But preparing the job description is so, so important before you post the job ad. Conducting compensation research before you post the job ad and then putting that compensation even if it's a range in the job ad uh, being very clear like we this is the specific salary or this is the range here's the bonus here's the commission whatever you offer outlining all company benefits um, preferably on some kind of handout um, or if you have maybe an internet that you can send somebody to or a I'm sorry not an internet uh, like a career site um, describe the company culture how are people trained when are people given feedback? How can people excel in the company long-term, not just for the next bonus check? Being prepared to not just grab that job description and shove it on a job ad, it still is a marketing piece. And so you still have to be like, hey, our company's awesome. Here's our culture, <laughs> bah, bah, bah. here's the job description, here's the pay, here's yeah. the requirements of the job. Oh, here's our amazing benefits. And this is what will make you a great candidate apply today. Um, and then I can't stress this enough, informing everybody that is involved in the process, even the receptionists um, and the IT staff too, to making sure that everybody knows we're hiring, there's a job ad out. I prefer to go ahead and say, okay, we posted the job, the recruiter's on it, we're working on this um, fast and furious because we have everything already planned out. And I go ahead and already book three or four appointments with the um, with the interviewing team. So I block out their calendar, even though I don't have somebody yet and say next Wednesday and Thursday, you're going to be doing interviewing at 11, 12 and one. And then that way they are their calendars blocked out. Uh, I find this all too often is we are like, we have this amazing candidate and then we can't get the hiring manager you know, away from their work to right. interview right. and the candidate goes to somebody else. Oh, it's, it's all about brutal. planning, man. All about planning. I got, uh, I do have a couple pieces here for you, but before I go into those, I'm, I'm pausing for a moment, Wendy, because I'm thinking about the thousands, thousands of people that are probably currently in the workforce right now, based on your recommendations to employers over the span of time. It has to be absolutely fascinating. Look, I know you don't have numbers right now for this show. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm not Gallup. <laughs> but when when you, you, the proverbial you, the people listening to the program, when you think about effective leadership and you think about putting things together and, quote, doing it the right way, making the proper investments to either people that you have on staff or making the investments in the proper consultants or people that can come in that can help you out, they, they've, they've helped thousands of people along the way, like Wendy. And, and you might not know every single employee that they've helped along the way and all the different companies, and that's fine. 
but it is good sound advice to to tap into a resource that could take you to the next level. Look, losing an employee in your organization might cost up to 200% of their annual income, depending on the position. And the overall expense for high turnover rates is substantial, and it's essential for businesses to choose talented personnel who will not leave abruptly. Talented employees that will stick around. You may attract top candidates very simply by establishing a well-written and well-thought-out job posting like Wendy's telling you about today. Yep. And then a process as well. So the job posting is just one piece. It's a marketing piece. You know, you're you're putting an ad out there and say, hey, come work for me or at least apply. The rest of the process has to go through. And the reason I'm finishing this series with the recruiting process is because, you know, going back to those Gallup surveys and there's a ton of other surveys out there about engagement, but managers with high talent. So with great talent. Um, they are usually great talent because those managers place more emphasis on employees' strengths than weaknesses. And what I mean by that is like, I just got a new client um, last week and I was like, okay, we're going to do a Zoom. Let me figure out what your culture is. And they said, you know, we don't even really care about the resume says for this one position. We'll train them. What we care about is their attitude um, and, you know, their ability to manage time. And there were all soft skills that they cared about. They're like, we really don't even care about their resume. We'll teach them that part, but they have to fit our culture and they have to have these soft skills, which are behavioral related mostly. And I was like, I was jumping for joy for this to get this <laughs> this client just because I was like, yes, this is the way it's going to, it's supposed to be. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some positions like that require certain degrees or licenses, for example, that yes, they have to have the resume, they have to have the degrees and these licenses. But once they have that, that's just one check bar, uh, checkbox. The rest is, do they fit your values? Do they fit your culture? That's the, that's the part, if you hire somebody that don't fit your values and they don't fit your culture, you've just given the managers like 200% more work to do. And all they're going to do is manage them out of the company. Rarely are they going (laughs) to, yeah, rarely is a manager going to be able to say, okay, let me change this employee's entire behavior and attitude, which we should have ruled them out in the interview. Not saying you can't, you can, but it does put a lot more on the manager. With that said. You you brought something up. I do have to hit it real quick before you close. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I was going to say, any final words, JC? Yeah, no, you, you were talking about processes, and I cannot, cannot emphasize enough. Uh, anyone listening out there today, if you haven't taken the opportunity to look at your existing processes, we could, we could talk about best practices, but it is highly recommended. Document your existing processes. Once you get those documented, it might reveal hidden assumptions or differences of opinion within your organization on how one of these events takes place. Encourage some of that creative thinking within your company. Stimulate alternative mental processes by by getting it written down, taking a hard look across departments. Hey, look, I, I don't time block uh, when interviews are taking place. I don't find benefit. I need to be available on the floor. Well, if you do time block like Wendy's talking, here's the advantages and why. Go with the alternative thought and try to standardize that across the board. Organizational charts, if you don't have one, even if you're a small business, they're a primary tool for beginning organizational modeling. 
And those charts represent the formal structure of your organization. Take some time, put it together, start with your org charts, take a look at your processes, get those mapped out. You will be in a totally radically different place if you just invest a little bit of time in what you already have to make it better so that who you're bringing in next is going to be taking you to that next level, if not further. Thanks, JC. To summarize what we talked about in this five series podcast is, you know, management training is no longer optional. Uh, 100% management training has to consist of all the soft skills necessary for managers to man not only manage people, but to motivate them, engage them, and then hold them accountable. But then on top of that, management processes and the training on those processes is vital for success in your organization. Get your manager training from any source that you can, including Aurora Training Advantage, but LinkedIn Learning also has some. There's a lot of free things out there, but do remember, you get what you pay for. With that said, thanks for coming today. We'll check in with you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.